Kennedy Klein is out to dispel that myth of the perfect child and encourage parents to let them out of the box. Each child is unique, and this show is just the place to stand up and shout out that fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. So right now, join the queen of accountability who advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. Here is your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. I am excited to be coming to you from sunny California today, um, meeting with a lot of my Parenting 2.0 peeps and my amazing Lisa Stedman and um, just seeing some really fun information-packed sessions and um, just learning a whole lot of great stuff. So um, I'm going to go right into my guest. You know, I normally do a rant, but because of uh, the, uh, the time that we lost a few minutes ago, I just want to introduce my guest because... I don't want to lose any time with him. Um, we're celebrating Dad Day all month long, the whole month of June. So we're going to be having dads on that are doing amazing things in parenting. And like I said earlier, I, you know, you know how I feel. I don't think that we give dads enough credit for everything that they contribute to parenting. I think that in our quest to become powerful women, we have um, taken the power away from the fathers of our children in our lives. And, you know, you can agree with me. You can disagree with me. I really don't care. It's my show. But that's, you know, that's just how I feel. So I'm going to bring some, I'm going to be talking to dads almost long. And I'm going to be bringing dads on the show a lot more. You know, we just do the first Tuesday of every month. But I, I really think that we need to celebrate what dads bring and teach. And my guest today, Graham Scharf, is um, he's doing that in a really huge way. Um, he's just, his wife is a developmental pediatrician. So she takes care of kids beyond her own all the time. Graham found himself uh, a stay-at-home dad of his two daughters, who are four and nine. And through the process of being a stay-at-home or a, a work-from-home dad, um, he, he just discovered a lot of really awesome things to help parents of young children. So he, found, he co-founded TumbleOn.com, and it's the only web application that provides interactive developmental milestones to parents of young children, which I think is really, really important because you know how I feel about that. I believe that we don't 
understand what our children should be doing at different ages, which is why we discipline them inappropriately for the things that we think they're doing wrong because they're not little adults. Um, in 2013, just this year, he published a book called The Apprenticeship of Being Human, Why, why Early Childhood Parenting Matters to Everyone. So, Graham, are you there? I am indeed. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thanks. And thank you for the warm Good. introduction. <laughs> no problem. You got to, you got to miss the uh, the rant that I would normally uh, do. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, actually, you're probably uh, you're probably blessed there. So because <laughs> I was just going to go totally off on some things that I saw yesterday that I just couldn't believe, but we're going to leave that for California to deal with. So <laughs> sounds great. But anyway. <laughs> So tell me how you got started. I mean, obviously, when you were growing up, you didn't think to yourself, I want to be a, a stay-at-home dad when I grow up. So how did that happen? Uh, you're absolutely right. I, As a kid, I didn't – I don't think I understood the importance of parenting, uh, much less of fathering. And so that didn't enter my mind as one of those important things to pursue in life. Uh, my wife and I had our first daughter when she, when my wife was in medical school and it was, uh, she came ahead of schedule. We, we had planned to have kids after my wife had finished medical school. And so that situation put us in the place where we were asking, okay, uh, what do we do now? Um, if my wife uh, is at home with our daughter, then she won't be able to practice medicine. So this investment of time, energy, money in a passion that she's pursuing, um, there, there would be no return on that. I was doing really rewarding things that I could step away from and come back to. Uh, and so we made the decision at that point that I would come home and be full-time father for our, our eldest daughter. And I, I will honestly say that was a calculated decision in the sense of that seemed to be the best right decision for our family. It wasn't that I was excited about it, passionate about it. And I, at the time, had no idea how rewarding and fulfilling that vocation would be. It's, and did you, did you have a feeling that you couldn't do it? Like, did you ever think to yourself, this isn't the role that I'm supposed to play? No, probably because I'm ridiculously over-self-confident. Um, you know, I think I... <laughs> I, I can do whatever I want to do. And so I probably should have had more of that healthy, what am I getting myself into? Um, uh -huh. I certainly didn't know how challenging it would be or what the challenges would be, but I also don't think I had the sense of, no, I can't do this. Wow, that's awesome. I, I, you know that there's like very few dads out there that could relate to that. I think, you know, from what I see and people that I talk to, I think that's one of the things that dads struggle with the most is, this isn't a male role. You know, this stay-at-home mom thing is a stay-at-home mom thing, not a stay-at-home dad thing. Right. And that, so that's, that's, I mean, kudos for you. And I would say I was uniquely blessed to be surrounded by parents who valued parenting and so who didn't have a strong sense of parenting as a mom's job and a dad's job is other things. And so... Mm -hmm. Uh, my friends who are fathers but not full-time fathers embrace that role and responsibility, I think, just as heartily as I do. And so I don't look at them differently of like, oh, you have a day job, therefore, you know, you're not as invested in your kids. Um, 
many of them teach me many lessons about fatherhood, despite the fact that I'm doing it all day long and they have other responsibilities as well. And did you have good parenting? Did you have good fathering role models when you were growing up? I did. Um, I have wonderful parents, and I had wonderful role models. See, that's not, not so important. Not in the important. sense that prepared me for being a full-time father, because I can't think of anyone in my my networks or my parents' networks where there was a full-time father. But again, right. the, the full-time, not full-time didn't seem to matter so much because they were loving, engaged, responsible mothers and fathers. And, you know, the thing that's so funny is you keep, the way you keep saying that is triggering something for me, too, because when a lot of times when women are talking in our circles, when mm -hmm. we describe what our husbands do for our kids, it's not parenting, it's not fathering, it's, mm -hmm. well, my husband's watching the kids tonight or my husband's babysitting. And, yep. it, you know, like, I think that contributes so much to the the delusion that dads can't do it the way we do, as well as we do. Right. It's kind of bizarre. So we're going to go really to break and in like I think, 30 seconds. I think you're on to something in that for dads to thrive, there has to be something in, in the, the relationship between mom and dad for that to happen. Uh, we have, I can think of several friends where the – the wife doesn't really trust her husband to take care of the kids, and therefore he doesn't yeah. ever really grow into that role. Exactly. Exactly. We're going to go to break in like 10 seconds here, and when we come back, I really want to, I want to dig deeper into that because I think we really hit on something there. But I also sure. want to talk about the work that you did um, to, to transform a failing school in Brooklyn. That's huge. So we're going to talk well, about that when we come back from this break. Sounds great. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. 
Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children, in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, Parent Nation, welcome back to the show. I am being joined today by Graham Sharp. And he is the author of The Apprenticeship of Being Human, Why Early Childhood Parenting Matters to Everyone. And he's also the co-creator of Tumble On, which is an awesome app for new parents um, to help with developmental milestones of young children. So before the break, Graham, we were talking about um, that, that interesting dynamic that happens when women don't allow men to take off, take over the role of parenting, to kind of embrace the role of parenting, and then we act kind of surprised when they don't do it well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like, I mean, you were in a situation where you turned around, you and your team turned around a failing school in Brooklyn, New York, which is huge. I mean, there's so many negative things working against you in that scenario, I can't even begin to put my finger on it. So, obviously, you have the ability to, to raise really, really great kids and, you know, be in control and be a mentor and, and you know, you have good strategy. What would you say to moms out there who are like, you know, no, he couldn't do it. This is my job. You know, he's, he doesn't discipline them right. He doesn't put them to bed right. He doesn't feed them right. What, how do you address that? How do you even start changing that mindset? Uh, well, first I'd like to say with respect to the school, I think I'm probably a better father than a teacher. Um, and I would love to say that that was a turnaround school that we were in. Um, sadly, there's still a lot of problems there. But that was really where I first began to cut my teeth in understanding the importance of the role of parents. So even in a failing school, I saw the singular power of parents so at crummy school, two-thirds of my kids who began third grade had not achieved the benchmarks at the end of second grade, um, but had been passed on anyway. And it was almost a one-to-one correlation between engaged parenting and kids thriving in the classroom. Um, and so that's what one of the, the forces that pushed me into more engaged parenting. And in terms of writing, that's that, that has driven my research. So why do parents matter so much? What can they do? Um, with respect to your question about uh, the role, the relationship between uh, mom and dad, my conviction is that the single best thing for moms to do is to ask open-ended questions of the fathers because that's not threatening. 
Um, it doesn't say you're doing it wrong. It's an honest inquiry of, wow, why did you try doing it that way? Or when you try this way of, um, of discipline or leadership or whatever it is, what do you see happening? Uh, in that sort of context, and it should go both ways, dad's asking mom's that and mom's asking dad's, then there can be an authentic conversation about what's going on and different dynamics of parenting. Uh, why does one dynamic work for mom and not for dad and vice versa? Uh, why does one parent attempt to continue a practice that seems to both of them not to be working? And it may be just because that parent does not see any other way to do it. And so they keep doing the only thing that they know. And by having that honest conversation can begin to explore, oh, maybe there is another way of doing this. You know, what I find a lot, and, you know, you can you can help me out with this too, what I find a lot is in that moment where my, my man is doing something that I disagree with, mm-hmm. I'm in such a state of rescue that I don't think to go, honey, why do you think you might have done something like that in that way? You know, like, okay, perfect example. Yesterday I'm at a restaurant with my friend and we're it's a, it's a casual restaurant it was an easygoing atmosphere there was a family there this dad was screaming at his little boy who could have only been 3 years old he was screaming at this kid so loudly and so obnoxiously that i was uncomfortable like i wanted to say something to him because he was disturbing my meal but you know why he was screaming at the kid because the kid was screaming yeah. It was almost one of those situations where I wanted to smack myself in the forehead and go, dude, do you, where, do you wonder where he gets it from? Really? Right. Yep. And, but in that moment, I think it would be really hard to kind of like put my hand on my husband's shoulder and say, honey, why, why, are, you, why are you choosing to yell at him like that instead of take him out of the room and talk to him or find out what's wrong? You know, like I, I could see dad getting really, really defensive in that moment and then nothing getting accomplished. I, I totally agree. Dealing with that dynamic in the moment almost always fails. Um, and so that's the importance for parents is creating another space where they regularly have those conversations so that, and especially when kids are not present, so that mom and dad can mm-hmm. have those honest disagreements and then come to an honest shared understanding, even if that's still disagreement about how to do it, um, they at least understand one another better and understand the rationale behind that. And and honestly, if they've had those conversations, then what happens in public in front of the kids can be very different. Uh, you know, mom can turn to dad and say, do you want to tap out now and I'll handle this so that you don't boil over? And dad can say, whew, yes, free. That, that's my pass card for this time. So that, you know, so that I can simmer down and next time try and do it better, but I know that it's not working right now. I love that. I love that permission of saying, hey, do you want, and, and it's, it's in a language that's not belittling. Yep. You know, to say, it's not saying you're a failure, therefore I'm going to take over because you're doing a bad job. It, mm-hmm. It's, this is a hard situation. Do you want to relinquish responsibility? Um, you know, so in other words, it's the monkey's not on your back anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm in that situation of I'm stressed out, I don't know what to do differently than I'm doing. That's really appealing to me to have that option. 
That's cool. I love that. That's a great tool. See, I love having these organic conversations when just information comes out and it's really useful. And that's why I love talking to dad because we, when women sit around and talk about this stuff, I can tell you honestly, we don't sit around and talk about how we can make our men better fathers. Hmm. We sit around and bitch about you, but yeah. we don't. <laughs> but we don't talk about how to make the situation better. So I love having these conversations where it's real, it's applicable, and it's going to make everybody happier. So that's so awesome. And Tara, one thing I would add there is the other dynamic I think is having fathers have communities of other fathers. One of the things that has struck me poignantly as a full-time father is how there are zillions of thriving communities of mothers, right? That they, they rally around this common cause and spend lots of time together. They work out problems, issues, they learn from one another. Uh, those kind of groups for fathers are incredibly scarce. So Meetup and other platforms have provided that, that space, especially for stay-at-home dads, because stay-at-home dads tend to feel that isolation and so connect with one another. But for a father who's not a stay-at-home dad, it's even less common to form that community of fathering. Uh, again, I have been blessed to be part of those communities and the places where we've lived uh, of fathers, most of whom have other full-time vocations outside the home, who really honestly engage with one another on these issues and can learn from one another. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just can't say enough for that in terms of refinement of practice, right? If you feel like you're alone and you can't talk to your wife and your buddies don't care about fathering, well, your, your chances of improving are almost nil. That's, you know what? That's so true. Hey, I think you have an idea there. <laughs> I would love to work with you on something like that because that is, you're absolutely right. I mean, Moms Moms Club International is Moms Offering Moms Support. Like, that's this huge organization that's known worldwide, literally. I mean, there's Moms Clubs in Africa. I, I have organizations that I work mm-hmm. with. They're supporting each other. They're having play dates. They're having, you know, circle time and speakers come into some of these meetings. And, you know, it's motivational and it's enlightening and it's all of these wonderful things. There's not something like that for dads. Yep, And I think it's because, uh, for me, with the men that I've spoken to, it's more of a, um, that wouldn't be a real macho club. No, but it's not it a macho be. club. Well, but, and, and but I think a lot of this, too, is... I can tell is... you, as a woman, there would be nothing sexier than that, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I will say, the, the fathers who are willing to engage in that kind of... Um, self-disclosure, right, of saying to each other, I feel totally overwhelmed by this. I'm not doing a good job. Uh, That's where real conversations and real authentic relationships begin between men Um, rather than just uh, conversation while watching a game or doing a project. Yeah. You know what else is really cool? I think that it would give you permission to do parenting greatly um, and be proud of it. Mm-hmm. And especially with this whole lean-in thing that's going on, this lean-in conversation that's happening with women. Yep. You know, I wrote this whole blog about why 
men don't need to lean in to be successful at work and be successful at parenting. You guys have work-life balance nailed down. And here's why. Because you don't focus on, when you're at work, you're not focusing on what your kids are doing at school or at home or with, the, with your mother-in-law. You're focused on work. But when you're with your kids, you're focused on your kids. It's like you don't try to balance. You don't try to multitask. You're focused 100% on what you're doing at the time. And I think that's genius. That is a genius parenting model. So, you know, I think guys should get together and put together a program that they can teach the women because we need it. If we're really going to, you know, if we're really going to do all of this power women in business kind of thing, we need to take cues from the people who are doing it well already instead of trying to say we can do it better. We should be saying what are you doing and how can I do it too? So I think that's a... That's so a, I think on, it would be an amazing group. On that note, there there is something like that, not not for men yet, but there's an outfit that a friend of mine named Cindy Malberg has started called Women mm-hmm. in the Mix. You can find it at womeninthemix.com. And they cool. are intentionally storytelling. Can we talk about women. it? Can we talk about it when we come back from this break? Because we're going to go to break in like Awesome. Thank you. Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real get your dreams off the back burner get inspired and motivated to take action start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love life and business she is going to be here for you every wednesday at 1 p.m central standard time only here on the woohoo radio network Radio Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse, involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education and encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment. Join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are having a really awesome conversation with our dad day of the day, and that is Graham Scharf, who is the founder of TumbleOn.com, as well as the um, author of The Apprenticeship of Being Human. We have, like, solved all the world's problems in the first two segments of the show, Graham, I'm pretty sure. But I want to talk about... <laughs> I want to talk about your I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad that you did, and I could be on the line when you did it. <laughs> It's it's kind of funny. I, I like to credit myself with things like that. <laughs> Good. I'll let you have it. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> we have a joke in our home. It's like I'll, I'll walk into a room and go, do you know who I am? Like every time my kids argue with me, I'll look at them and go, seriously, do you know who I am? And then they just start laughing, and it's pretty funny. So, Sounds um, like it works. Because <laughs> I told them at one point that I wanted them to applaud when I got to the top of the stairs in the morning. <laughs> There you go. You know, so I could be at my, you know, my best for the rest of the day. But yeah. <laughs> I think there's just these little things that we could implement into our daily lives that really would make us so much better and happier. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I want to talk about your book because it's really, really, the title is really interesting to me, The Apprenticeship of Being Human. Um, for me, um, my book is more about discovering your child, and mm-hmm. it seems like this is more about creating your child. So tell me about that, because it seems like it's interesting to me. It, it It is interesting to me, too. What I stumbled upon was the fact that children are shaped by their parents and by their relationship with their parents, regardless of the thought planning that parents give to the work of parenting, and that most of this is done at a subconscious level. Uh, a great example of this is the way that kids learn language. So every child in every culture takes on the accent and dialect of his or her closest caregivers. And they do the same with mannerisms and expressions. And this doesn't have to be taught explicitly. It's just absorbed through relationship. So. Mm-hmm. That is why it is an apprenticeship relationship. It is not just an instruction relationship of do this and your child will have this outcome. But regardless of what you do, your child is perpetually looking to you, imitating you. Uh, And therefore, the intention that you take, the deliberate choices that you make in that relationship and in the environment that you craft have lifelong effects on your children and therefore on your community and your society. Wow, that's pretty deep. Like, that's a lot of responsibility. It is. For me, I would think that that would almost create a sense of paranoia. Like, I have to watch everything that I'm doing because everything that I do affects the outcome of my child. That That is one potential outcome, and I, I think that it's not the healthiest one. Uh, So in my book, I talk about the three things that parents can choose to do, the levers over which they have control, because there are lots of things that 
we don't have control of that shape our kids' environments and therefore their character and their abilities. The three that parents do have the most control over are three L's, love, language, and literature. And so I encourage parents, rather than worrying about the things that they can't do or the things that they've done wrong previously, is to focus on love. So the tangible expression of love and affirmation for their children on a daily basis. Second, language, the creative and meaningful use of words so that their children gain the tools with which to explore the world, that they uh, gain the tools with which to forge relationships with other people. And then literature. Uh, in storytelling, uh, children are initiated into a way of being in the world. The stories that they are told and hear and see uh, form the context of their understanding of the world and their heroes, who the villains are. And all three of those are areas in which parents have a whole lot of discretion and a whole lot of choice, and the choices that they make have a huge impact on their children. I, yeah, it, that's like it's. I'm thinking about all the things that you said, and I don't even know where to start because that's so powerful. It's it's so simple that it's overwhelmingly powerful. So I'll, I'll give you two really simple, concrete things in the love category. One is mm -hmm. saying to your kids, "I love you," right? I mean, it sounds pitifully simple, but that mm -hmm. affirmation of love shapes a child's experience and understanding of the world. And second, I would say that affirmation of love in discipline is even more critical because when you're correcting a child for something that they've done wrong, their sense can be mommy or daddy is doing this because he or she doesn't love me. But if there is that verbal affirmation, I love you and that's why I'm doing this, and physical affection, right, of I'm holding my child in my arms and saying I, I love you and that's why I'm stopping you from doing this thing, then the child mm -hmm. can have security and love to say, I was wrong. I'm really sorry for that. Um, I, I've seen in the students that I've taught in my own children and in other families that those two pieces have an incredible effect on kids' security and sense of place in the world. And would you agree that it can't be, it can't be contradictory in the way you handle other relationships in your home too. So, you know, like you can't you can't be screaming at your spouse and fighting with your spouse and and you know talking ugly to them and then turning right. around and saying to your child, "But I love you and I'm not I'm not going to talk to you that way because right. I don't want you to ever talk this way." It's you know what I mean? And I think that's where a lot of parents um get caught up in being compared to teaching. Mm -hmm. They're so focused on the teaching that they forget that just being is teaching. Yes. I mean, that being is teaching is the th thesis of my book. And so the kids immersed real lived experience of um, you yelling at your spouse or lying to the clerk at the store teaches them what you truly believe to be good and true and beautiful. And those are the things that they're going to imitate. So like that kid, that dad in the restaurant who's screaming at his kid, he's mm -hmm. probably going to do the same, right? Because that's what his dad has taught him to be normal. Exactly. And it's so funny to me where, you know, parents will be like, you know, I don't know where he gets his potty mouth from. I don't know where he, and in the meantime, 
you know, you're sitting down talking to, to this parent and they're cursing like a sailor and yeah. you're looking at them going, really? You seriously don't know why your kid swears? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I or, would say that's that's really true that we have these blind spots that we that's why we need community. We need the authentic asking questions between mom and dad and in communities of parents. Because without those people to speak truth into our lives, we can be really, really stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's a difference between being imperfect and being, like, downright stupid about something. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't like the phrase... You know, as long as you're raising, as long as you're a parent, you're you're good at it. Like every parent, parents in their own way, and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. No, that's not necessarily true either. <laughs> well, like, it's it's actually really wrong. Um, I mean, that's just a completely false statement, considering all of the ways that children are abused and exploited. Um, that's a really dangerous thing for someone to say. Yeah, and I get it all the time. So I love, That's really sad. I love things that you're creating because it's a very simple tool to better what you're doing, to improve yep. on what you're doing. You know, I, I have to be honest with you. When I see a book about parenting from a Ph.D. and it reads mm-hmm. like, you know, stereo instructions, I yep. shouldn't have to have a Ph.D. to understand what you're telling me to do. Mm-hmm. So I That's love true. that what you're doing is so simple. You know. Well, and and I would say it, it's born out of practice, right? Um, Malcolm Gladwell has this thesis that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to master something. Um, and for parents, 10,000 hours of full-time parenting happens sometime around age three, right? So if, if you want to trust someone who is talking about parenting, it's good to ask how much full-time focused parenting experience have they had? Or have they been sitting in a laboratory or at a computer writing about parenting? That's brilliant. I mean, that really, if you let that sink in, but I want to make sure that everybody that's listening to the show understands what you just said. So if we want to become masterful at something, it takes 10,000 hours of practical learning and experience to master something. Yes. You give so, birth to a person, you're not going to be masterful at parenting. No. For Wow. I mean, and 10,000 hours would take three years. Yep. And, and I, I would nuance that and say, you don't become good at something just by doing it, right? I've seen many people who've put in tens of thousands of hours doing something badly and therefore have incredibly ingrained bad habits, right? It is (laughs) lots and lots of time, but also reflective practice of listening to others, reading good books, uh, especially picking people that you admire and imitating them. I mean, the apprenticeship thesis applied to apprenticing ourselves to master parents. Uh, But those are the conditions for someone becoming really great at something, including parenting. That's so cool. I love the way you think. That's really awesome. We're going to go to break now, and when we come back, I want to talk about the TumbleOn application that you have and how that can help parents in those first three years. Great.
Stay tuned for more of the show. Tara, the self-proclaimed queen of accountability, loudly advocates positive parenting and unique education for spirited children. She wants to help you shout out the fact that children need to be raised to discover their own unique brilliance. We'll be right back. To start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the show. Tara's passion and purpose is to redirect parents who are frustrated trying to raise the perfect child in an imperfect world and encourage them to discover the unique brilliance in their children in themselves, even on those days where they wonder why they ever had kids in the first place. Here she is, Tara Kennedy Klein. Hey, everybody, we are wrapping up an awesome show with my guest today, Graham Scharf. And um, before the break, Graham, we were talking about the um, the 10,000 hours that it takes to, to master something, which is about three years. And you have a website or an application, actually, that you co-founded that actually helps parents to understand milestones that children should be achieving within those first three years. Is that correct? Or tell us about it. Yep. That's exactly right. So uh, when my eldest daughter was 18 months old, I, as I told you, flipped the switch and became a full-time father. And suddenly I realized that despite having a master's degree in education and a concentration in early childhood, I didn't know what on earth I was supposed to do with my 18-month-old. Um, it was my first time, right? <laughs> what is this child going to enjoy? What, what is going to make her thrive? I didn't know. So uh, I went to the library. I surfed the web. I bought books. And 
I realized that I was expending a whole lot of energy that would soon be outdated, right? Because kids change so fast <laughs> when they're that young. Uh, and, yeah. and so I started looking for a solution that was a Web 2.0 solution that gave me the information at the right time so that I could act on it rather than me spending all this time and energy looking. It didn't exist. Uh, so my childhood best friend, Jonathan Dahl, uh, said that is a compelling need that we can address. And uh, we raised capital and incorporated and started tumbleon.com. Our mission was to provide a web service that in less than five minutes, a parent with a fifth grade reading level could know the three most important skills that their child was currently developing and have specific resources that they could use to support that. So open-ended toys, great pieces of children children's literature, um, so that they could spend less time worrying and more time enjoying their kids uh, mm. by providing that timely information to them and allowing them to interact with it. So their kid achieves a milestone, they check it off, the next most important sensitive milestone comes up in front of them. Uh, that allows parents not to worry, to enjoy their kids, and if their kids start missing milestones within the normal range, then they can know, oh, this is the time that I should talk to my pediatrician. Because if my child is not typical, then as you well know, Tara, then you need to recalibrate your expectations for your child. Because uh, it may be that your child has a disability, and if they have a disability, then having typical child expectations for that child is going to frustrate you and them, and no one's going to be healthy. It's, I'm so, I think it's, it's such an awesome thing, and at the same time, do you ever, do you ever experience parents kind of like trying to work ahead? You know, we're in this, we live in a society of bigger and better and faster and smarter. Do you, mm -hmm. I mean, does your application not allow people to do stuff like that? Or I could just see parents going crazy with it. Yep. And that's, that is definitely a peril uh, that depends on the parent. We, we've tried to build the app in such a way that it alerts parents to what is coming next so that they can anticipate. Uh, and this is this is true for uh, atypical children as well as for typical children. So if you have a child who's developing faster than normal in one area and slower than normal in other areas, being able to anticipate what's coming next in their areas of strength is actually a really good thing because then you can mm -hmm. keep engaging them. Uh, so some, some of those who've studied developmental psychology will be familiar with the, the term zone of proximal development, which means mm -hmm. this area which is just beyond what you can do now, which you can do with help. And so parents or caregivers who provide that support allow a child to, to live in that area of thriving where they're constantly learning, constantly engaged and building in their areas of strength. Uh, and that that is one of the f features that our web app supports so that regardless of uh, strength, weakness, ability, disability, parents can know what are the things that my kid is just going to love and thrive in. That's really cool. And do you have anything, on, I want to check it out and I want everybody who's listening to check it out too, but do you have anything on there that kind of deals with how to know if your child is being pushed too much, like how to know if your child's getting frustrated or escalated or, you know, when to back off, basically? Great question. No, we don't have any specific resources on that. I think I that would... could be so, 
Yeah, I could see that being really valuable too because um, so often in our quest to make our children smarter or, you know, push them kind of ahead of the bar, we mm-hmm. frustrate them and then we go, oh, you know what, he hates when I read to him. No, mm-hmm. he just hates what you're reading. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a great point. That's and, so funny. And quite I honestly, Tara, I will say I think that is uh, one of the things that is very – human about us so I, that I'm not confident that my book or my web app can address. It is that learning to relate to one another and be sensitive to one another uh, is learned by practice. Yeah. And, you know, if we want our kids to develop emotional intelligence, which is like the biggest thing, um, we're going to have to exhibit it. Yes. You know, and that's where I think I, I love the whole concept of what you were doing at the school, engaging the parents, because I think that's that has everything to do with why the schools are failing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we don't understand. We don't understand what's going on with our kids. We don't understand where they're supposed to be developmentally. That dad in that restaurant, part of, part of what he was doing, he created. But the other part of what he was disciplining was his own frustration. Absolutely. He didn't understand what his son was doing. He was embarrassed and frustrated, and that's what he disciplined. You can't change that. You can't change a child's behavior if they're not what's escalating you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think it's really cool that you give parents an idea of where their kids are supposed to be because we get mad at them and we try to discipline them for behaviors that they're not ready for yet. Yep. You know, right. And and quite honestly, uh, some of that is also our lack of readiness, right, that um, we we have not learned to respond well ourselves. And so our kids are responding to our inability as this kid was with his father in the restaurant. And I, I will say one of the striking features of great parenting to me is the willingness of parents to openly admit their uh, their mistakes and their faults to their children, and to say, mm. you know, honey, I did that badly. I was, you know, I was wrong to yell in the restaurant. That was that's not the way parents or kids are supposed to behave. Will you forgive me? And then say, I, I'm not just saying it's not okay. I'm also saying that I need to work on that. And so, next time when we have a disagreement in a restaurant. I'm going to try and control my temper and deal with it in a way that's healthy for you and for me. And that's modeling for the kids the exact sort of repentance that we're going to expect from them to be able to own their mistake, to ask for forgiveness, and then to to choose a different way the next time. I love that. I mean, could you imagine if parents just started doing that one thing, you know, just saying, I made a mistake, I'm going to work on it. Can you forgive me? If parents just started doing that one thing, it would change so much about the way our kids react to us and each other. I mean, there would be, you would have fewer kids with the entitlement mentality that we talk about all the time going, oh, well, that wasn't my fault. Right. You know, or... And think about how this functions in, in adult relationships, right? If one of your coworkers has that exact conversation. You know, I was wrong. I lost my temper. There's no excuse for the way I behave. Will you forgive me? Um, that 
that breaks down all the ice that built up by whatever it was that escalated and caused conflict. That's so cool. The one action step that we want parents to take today. <laughs> if you mess yeah. up with your kids, just apologize and promise to change it and move on. And the thing is, even if you've never done it up until this point, you can still do it. Yep. And that can be part of the repentance that you're talking about. You know, yep. I realize that one of the big things I'm doing wrong is I never acknowledged when I made a mistake, and I'm sorry for that. Yes. Yep. And <laughs> and the counsel that I give to parents is when they're trying to make a change in parenting to be explicit with their kids and say, now, mom and dad are going to do something different. And the reason we're doing something different is because we've not done a good job of this, right? We've, for instance, we've had a pattern of yelling at each other and at you. And that's, that's not healthy. That's not right. It doesn't honor you. And so we're going to make a change. And by verbalizing that, your kids can hold the feet, your feet to the fire so that mm-hmm. when you slip into that mode again, they can say, hey, mommy, you said you're not going to do this anymore. And then you can own up again and say, you're right, you're right, I need to go take a break in the other room, then I'm going to come back and we're going to deal with this. <laughs> and you can't get mad at your kids for disciplining you, because that's kind of contradictory too. <laughs> you're right. And, so and then it is this, it's going to be this <laughs> relational give and take of your kids then do have the right to call you on it and say, no, that's not how we behave in this family. Yeah. And, you know, that's going to be really, really hard for a lot of parents Mm -hmm. because for, you know, for them, that's disempowering right there. Yep. You know, to say to your kid, I messed up, I'm sorry, is really, that's, that's amazing. Yep. I hope parents. And and I will tell you, all, all of the healthy families that I have seen have that in common. I can't think of anybody who hides behind their mistakes, pretends that they didn't do something wrong there's built-in inauthenticity and hypocrisy that just ruins relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's a change that we have to make, you know, before we can change kids today, we have to change yep. ourselves and the way we do things. I can't believe our time has gone by so quickly. And we didn't tell anybody how they can get a hold of your book or where they can find you. So before we're done in 30 seconds, I need you to tell everybody your website and where they can get your book and chat with you. So my website is down, the apprenticeship or apprenticeship of being human.com. So don't go there today. You can buy the book on Amazon, search for my name, Graham Scharf, or Apprenticeship of Being Human. You can follow me on Twitter at Graham Scharf, or you can send me an email, GrahamScharf at gmail.com, and I'd love to interact. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for being my dad day guest today, Graham. And everybody My pleasure. Else. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Have a playful week. Thanks for listening to Stop Raising Einstein with your host, Tara Kennedy Klein. Make these Stop Raising Einstein principles your own. Love unconditionally, give freely, laugh openly, learn daily, grow immensely. And of course, listen to the show.